the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, April the 19th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 19, 1995, a truck bomb destroyed the Alfred Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, killed 168 people. Most of us remember that. Today in 1764, the English Parliament took action and banned American colonies from printing paper money. The colonies didn't like that. I kind of wish somebody would do that again today and stop our government from printing paper money. I mean, they just roll it off the press, trillions of dollars. Anyway, that didn't go over very well, and that, of course, among other things, led to the American Revolutionary War. Today, on this same day in 1775, the American Revolutionary War began with the battles of Lexington and Concord. This time, they weren't after their money. The British were after their guns. They were going to a to a warehousing building there in Lexington because the British had heard that the colonists had stored up a bunch of guns, and they were going to confiscate them. That did not work out well. Somebody fired a shot. It was a shot heard around the world, and the rest is history, as they say. Today, in 1865, a funeral was held at the White House for President Abraham Lincoln. He'd been assassinated five days earlier. His coffin was then taken to the U.S. Capitol. There was a private memorial service there in the rotunda. Today, in 1943, during World War II, tens of thousands of Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto they begin a valiant but ultimately futile battle against the Nazi forces. That area of Warsaw now is a has shops and various things there, mostly Jewish uh, shopkeepers there. I've met some of them. I've known some of them. Some of them actually were Jewish Christians, Messianic Christians. And um, I've talked to them personally about their family and the history and so on. It was a very uh, difficult day, obviously, for and the days that followed, but the Nazis crushed the Jews there. The Jews were forced into the sewers. They went in through the manholes and lived in the sewers to sustain their lives during that Nazi um, time in, in Warsaw. Today in 1993, a 51-day siege at the Branch Davidian compound near Waco, Texas. It ended. Fire destroyed the structure after federal agents began smashing their way in. About 80 people, including two dozen children and the leader of the, it was a cult, David Koresh, they were killed. It was a sad day because I, I don't agree with anything David Koresh taught. I was very informed on that back in the day. I was following that very closely. But the way the Clinton administration, particularly Attorney General Janet Reno, handled that, she didn't have to kill 80 people, including about two dozen little kids in that compound. It could have been handled differently. Everyone knew it after the fact, but it was sad. But David Koresh was teaching his followers, as cults do, 
that he was the path to God himself. If you wanted to know what God believed and what God says, you've got to get your information through me because I'm the leader of the cult. That was essentially where David Koresh was coming from. Five years ago today, Cuban revolutionary leader Fidel Castro, he delivered his valedictory kind of a speech, I guess, to the Communist Party that he had put in power a half century earlier. He told the party members he was nearing the end of his life, exhorting them to help his ideas survive. Boy, that stands in stark contrast to people like Paul the Apostle, who, when approaching the end of their life, was intent on not people not remembering what they had said so much as what God had said. He wanted, Paul wanted to finish strong. Fidel Castro wanted to hand it off to the lie, to the communism that he had supported throughout his life. Boy, I'll tell you, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We become what we believe. Back in January, an adjunct professor at Seattle Pacific University, his name is J.O. Reindahl, he filed a lawsuit against SPU, claiming that the university had discriminated against him, denying him a full-time professorship because he's gay. This caught local attention. I've been paying attention to it, haven't mentioned it. But students on campus, according to King 5 TV, started to rally in support of Reindahl. This past Friday, the board at SPU announced their decision to uphold their employment policy, affirming their employment policy, stating that marriage and relationships are intended between a man and a woman. Over the weekend, the faculty has been meeting this weekend to consider a no-confidence vote now against the Seattle Pacific University Board of Trustees for standing for their founding biblical principles of the university. I would expect an announcement today sometime from these this faculty. I don't know which way they voted. Perhaps some of you do, but I've been following it this morning. I have not seen the faculty make any statements so far, but apparently they considered it in some kind of a meeting or conversation over the weekend. So you have to ask yourself, will the SP... SPU board stand firm in their founding beliefs of the university and God's word? Or will they cave to those who do not hold those beliefs, yet they are engaged in, either employed by or a student, at a Christian university? I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But in in conjunction with that, in a parallel sort of a way, the Seattle police chief is this morning rescinding And over the weekend, an invitation, according to the Seattle Times, sent by, quote, an evangelical group known for their anti-LGBTQ stance. Well, who would that be? Well, it could be any number of biblical organizations. This one that they have targeted is Franklin Graham. The Seattle Times says this morning, The invitation to a free dinner at a four-star hotel in Bellevue starts out by thanking law enforcement officers for their bravery and service, goes on to promise an uplifting message, fellowship, and practical wisdom from God's Word. 
The invitation showed up in the inboxes, the Seattle Times says, of the Seattle Police Department employees on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. According according to a copy of the departmental-wide email obtained by the Seattle Times. It goes on to say, basically, that Franklin Graham's organization, and he's doing this around the country, it's an appreciation dinner for um, police officers who are getting beat, I mean, they're getting beaten to death verbally and otherwise, I guess, by Black Lives Matter and all these people out there. I mean, the police need a friend. But no, they don't want a friend in Franklin Graham. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying every police officer agrees with this, but the hierarchy does. They're running like crazy for fear that somebody will think that they are somehow associated with Franklin Graham, who's a pretty nice guy. But they don't want to be associated with anything he believes in, particularly where it has to do with LGBTQ, etc., 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 whatever. They keep adding letters to that. I don't know what it is. Plus, whatever. So the Seattle Police Department employees were sent a follow-up email apologizing for that email of that invitation to Franklin Graham's appreciation dinner in Bellevue for the Seattle Police Department. And... Um, They sent out Friday evening a message. It was put on the online blotter, and it said that based on Graham, talking about Franklin, Graham's history and affiliations, concerns had been raised that the Seattle Police Department does not fully support the community's LGBTQ members. In other words, because we got an invitation to a dinner that Franklin Graham is sponsoring in a Bellevue hotel, of, or planning to, and of appreciation for the police department because people might think that we are associated with him in some way and do not fully support the community's LGBTQ members. The police department said, and I'm quoting them, I want to make clear the department fully supports the equity and just treatment of all people. The SPD did not sponsor this event, is not connected in any way to its host, uh, Diaz, the, the chief, wrote in the Friday email sent out to employees. This email, it says, is meant to rescind the invitation sent through the department email because the event's hosts do not share the inclusive values of SPD. And it goes on and on and on. The story is long and lengthy, and the Seattle Times is priding themselves in getting to the bottom of all this and exposing that the Seattle Police Department almost met, allowed their people or whatever to go to this meeting with Franklin Graham. That's scheduled, as I said, for a four-star hotel in Bellevue. I could tell you which one that is, but that may be off limits as well. I don't know. But it's interesting. Seattle City Council President, this Lorena Gonzalez, she's running for mayor. You know, Jenny Durkin is not going to be the mayor after her term ends. But Gonzalez questioned why the invitation was sent out at all, given Graham's well-known anti-gay stance. Gonzalez, who wants to be the next mayor, says there is no legitimate reason why the Seattle Police Department should be promoting an anti-LGBTQ far-right group. Keep in mind, this is Franklin Graham. 
who's a mild-mannered, Bible-believing, famous guy, the son of an even more famous person, his father, Billy. But the Seattle Police Department should not be promoting an anti-gay, LGBTQ, far-right group, and this incident shows the importance of the next mayor, she says, she's politicizing it, of course, in choosing a police chief who can reform the department's culture. Gonzalez said in an emailed statement, actions like these undermine trust between the SPD and Seattle's LGBTQ community, which is tenuous at best. Now, let's remember why Franklin is having this. It doesn't have anything to do with the LGBTQ community, except that they have made it as having to do with that because of Franklin's personal biblical beliefs. The story goes on and on and on. This Anthony Derrick, he came out, uh, I think, yesterday. He's a spokesperson for Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin. And he's saying that uh, Diaz quickly resolved the issue and responded appropriately and stating Graham's organization does not align with the SPD's values. And then Anthony Derrick goes on to say, as a gay woman and mom of two, Mayor Durkin has fought for LGBTQ rights for decades and continues to work with Chief Diaz to ensure SPD reflects the diversity and inclusivity of our community. Maybe if they would pay a little bit more attention to crime and looting and homelessness, maybe something good could come out of all of that, but they don't. If they could focus on the real issues and get over this LGBTQ, anybody that believes the Bible becomes suspect. In fact, they become the target. Franklin Graham, and I'm not defending Franklin, although I love the guy, but Franklin Graham is not the problem. The problem has to do with the whole idea that's being exposed here for what it is. It's anti-God, anti-biblical, and it's anti-nature. These people are going to be worshiping the earth later on. I think it's Saturday or whenever Earth Day comes up. It's this week sometimes, toward the end of this week. I'll be talking about it later this week. That's a cult as well. But if they could just get over themselves, take a step back and turn on the light and look at the truth. Of course God loves gays. He loves all people. His son Jesus Christ carried a cross out to a hill and allowed them to nail him to that cross, and he died in front of the public outside of Jerusalem because he loves gays. And he loves guys like me who aren't gay but are sinners. We're all sinners according to God. God is inclusive. He is the ultimate inclusion. Yet that's rejected in favor of a destructive sexual behavior. King County Sheriff Tom uh, Tim Meyer, he said he hasn't seen a similar e- email. He doubts that they'll get one at the sheriff's employees because policy prevents them from accepting gratuities, which would mean that the free dinner would be all that. It's kind of sad when you see a culture, whether it's a police department or whether it's Seattle Pacific University, you see the attempt to dismantle the truth, the one thing that can save education, law enforcement. You see it dismantled. You see it attacked. 
Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. But it isn't new to our generation. Sometimes we think, man, man, it's never been like Yeah, it has been like this before. Paul writing to the Romans. In fact, his letter to the Romans, parts of his letter, Paul the Apostle, Romans chapter 1, could be and probably will be outlawed at some time soon if we don't see this reversed in our culture. But he wrote in chapter 1, I don't have time to read all of it, but I'm sure you're familiar with it, but beginning in verse 16, Paul wrote to the Romans, the Christian Rome, the Rome Christians, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am no Paul the Apostle. I'm just a guy who grew up in an orchard in central Washington and after resisting for a few years felt that God had called me to the ministry. I'm nothing more than that. But I will tell you for sure. And I've lived a long and good life. I'm over 40, believe it or not. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Yes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek and also to the homosexuals and to the people who are living in sin in defiance of God's natural law. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What's the matter with us? Why can't we at least see a glimmer of truth and reality? We can't because we're blinded. Paul goes on to outline this in his day. In verse 21, he says, because... When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. These are not my words. These are God's words through an inspired Paul the Apostle. Verse 23 says they they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Wherefore, Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creator more than the, the, the creature more than the creator. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did not change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their heir, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I can almost imagine now the radio stations I'm on are probably quickly getting their disqualifiers queued up so they can say, we do not necessarily believe the content of this prayer. Well, that may be. But I believe it because it's in God's word. This portion of scripture may well become illegal in our lifetime if we continue on this path. SPU is feeling the pressure. SPU, as you may know, was founded in 1891 by free Methodist pioneers from its humble beginnings on a small piece of land donated in early Seattle. It was the dream and vision of its founder, Nils Peterson. Those who stood beside him, those free Methodist pioneers, they built 
their whole vision was just to build a great school that would, I'm quoting them here, would train missionaries for overseas service. That was what they had in mind. They wanted to go out and proselytize. That's what it's called now in this adversarial culture in which we live. The early name of the school was Seattle Seminary and College. Today, the university says in their PR material, they say, quote, the school has grown to focusing on equipping 4,000 undergraduate students to engage the culture and change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nils Peterson and those who gave their sweat and treasure likely never dreamed their vision would be challenged by the faculty and students of the institution they birthed for the glory of God and his righteousness. I have a personal connection to Seattle Pacific University. Some of you who know me know that. A number of years ago, I served as special assistant to the president at SPU. And one of our daughters graduated from SPU. In full disclosure, you should know that. But the very identity of SPU is now being challenged from within. This adjunct professor, J.O. Reindahl, says he started to freeze his stomach. He got sick on his stomach when he was denied a full professorship. Reindahl filed a lawsuit against SPU last January when he learned that he would not be given this full-time instructing job. Seattle's King TV, uh, King 5 TV said over the weekend that Reindahl told them, quote, the whole thing was pulled out from beneath me. Reindahl, King 5 says, Reindahl, a Christian man who is gay and married to a man, said he loved his job. And when a full-time position in the nursing program opened, he applied for it right away. He said that was an answer to his dream. Reindahl has filed this lawsuit against SPU and King County Superior Court. It's claiming discrimination against him based on his sexual orientation. His lawyer told King 5 over the weekend says there are certain situations where religious institutions can discriminate against gay people. For instance, when someone is teaching lessons on religion. He notes that Reindahl only taught nursing. Therefore, he believes that that gives them a possible opening to win this case against SPU. Reindahl has told the press that SPU, he says, quote, after denying him the opportunity to work full-time, repeatedly asked him to continue teaching part-time. And he's saying... And I'm quoting him. He told uh, either the Seattle Times or, or King 5, I think it was King 5 TV. He said, if I'm good enough to teach part-time, why am I not good enough to teach full-time? Well, that's a good question. And I think SPU needs to ask themselves that. They need to take a real look at themselves as they move forward because there's no question they're under fire. The press is not behind SPU. Why would a part-time be okay and full-time not be okay? Clearly, there's a disconnect somewhere within the organization. And again, I have no connection there now. But somewhere, there's a disconnect between the facility and the students, the administration, or at least the board of trustees of the school. The faculty's pushing for this gay guy to be celebrated and give it a full-time job, a professorship. The students, not all of them, but a good number of them are advocating for that. And the Board of Trustees are saying, no, we're advocating for what this school was founded on. Clearly, there's a disconnect, but students have rallied behind this professor, and so have people on the, uh, on the faculty. Some, not all, but some, too many. Leah Dolph, she's a, uh, she studies music therapy at SPU, 
She identifies as queer. She helped organize the protest. She says it's horrifying, honestly, to hear about it, like you would take my money and have me graduate from this school but won't hire me here as a professor. Is that what I'm hearing? It's just disheartening. So a lot of us are very angry, and this is the way that we can show it. This Dr. Patrick McDonald, he told King 5, he's an SPU philosophy professor, he told King 5, Reindahl's treatment was outrageous, but he said, I've come to expect that from SPU. He says, for a long time, I've been frustrated with that. There's been attempts to change it, and I've been having conversations with many students, yeah, I'll bet he has, for many years to change that part of this culture. Duff says, the, the kid, the student, she says, God is not homophobic. God loves everyone. God loves all. God loves me. God loves you. God loves everybody to see the way that God loves everybody, and to see the way that SPU is not delivering on that message is extremely disappointing. Well, the point is, she's not delivering on the message. God does love everyone. He loves me. He loves you. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That's why he died on a cross to forgive us of our sins. Jesus loves us so much, he rejects our sin. And he said, but I will do something about it. And God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what the message is. These people take part of it and say, God is love. And Rob Bell and these people will answer to God who are teaching this. They're teaching it to churches. They're teaching it to kids on campuses across America, including, and in particular, religious campuses. They will answer to God for that because that stands in absolute contradiction to God's word on this issue and many other issues. We just happen to be talking about this one today. That's what's going on in our culture today. Not, not outside the church, certainly public education, entertainment, is at war with Christianity, but it is within our institutions as well. Not that the police are a Christian institution, but they're public. But even within our Christian education institutions. Will the Board of Trustees came in i don't know i don't i don't i looked at the list of trustees on the board i don't think i know any of them i knew a lot of them back in the day but i i don't think i know any of these guys but at least they took a stand but i don't know what they'll do there's one student laura lugos he said he and others are going to continue pushing the board to change their stance on sexuality when it comes to hiring they're not it's not a stance they're standing for what is righteousness they're standing for what they believe at least so far what they believe the Bible teaches. It's the same thing that Nils Peterson and those guys that started that school believed when they put everything they had into it to give it birth. In January, a letter was sent out, a public letter, letter of lament, it was called. 1,400 signatures were on that letter. So this isn't a small thing. Reindahl has moved on. He's teaching at Tacoma Community College now. But he tells the press that he's going to be Watching this, he's going to be involved. But he said, the decision of a very, very small group of people who ignored the will over everybody around them made a decision that affects so many people, and I think that's very sad. I have a lot more to say about this today, but I'm, I'm running out of time. But let me say this. The problem with what he just said, Reindahl, who teaches, who is identified by, by King 5 TV as a Christian man married to a man, what he's missing here is 
that this decision was not made by a very, very small group of people who ignored the will over everybody around them. This decision was made by a, a group of people who have been entrusted to look after the best interests of this university and the best interests of this university according to its founders and apparently people today, I hope so, to uphold godly virtue and values and teaching righteousness.